0: Welcome, this is DeForest Sorris Jr. My friends call me Buster, my enemies do too. This is the D-Free Podcast. We call it In the Black because we want everybody, especially especially black people, to be in the black. That means you own more than you owe, you make more than you spend, your assets are greater than your liabilities. Be in the black. This podcast is sponsored by Prudential, and it is owned by the D-Free Movement. My co host is Tamika Stembridge, attorney, hip hop retiree, and all things genius. Welcome, Tamika.
1: Thank you, guys, and welcome to D Free in the Black. This episode of the D Free in the Black podcast is brought to you by our friends at Prudential.
0: When I was a teenager during the 1960s, there was a term that was commonly used among a variety of organizations, and that term was Unity without uniformity. The idea was that we could be unified even though we disagreed on various strategies and philosophies. Now, fast forward to today, and what I believe we can all agree on, despite our differences, is that black people are better off with less debt than more debt. I I don't think there's any religious conflict, I don't think there's any political conflict, I don't think there's any philosophical conflict with that assumption and if we agree that our people would be better off with less debt meaning less debt gives us the ability to invest money, no debt gives us the ability to buy insurance to leave a legacy less debt takes stress off of our minds bodies and souls to ensure that we can have lower blood pressure and less disease, less debt gives us the ability to invest in real estate. In other words, if we're going to reach financial freedom, if we're going to achieve the kind of outcomes that we love to talk about and pray about and clap about, if we're going to buy our own neighborhoods, if we're going to leave some resources that when we die can be used by our families, if we're going to support African-American institutions, if we're going to become philanthropists, it means that we have to earn more than we spend, save more than we throw away. Our assets will have to be greater than our liabilities. And my own personal experience is the way you get there is you stop using credit cards. You stop paying high interest. You stop paying last month's bills with next week's check. You stop living paycheck to paycheck. I've also been the beneficiary of having my income increase over the years. But if income increases before you control what you have, then higher income simply means higher expenses, higher debt, and your financial status does not change. As a result of this perspective, I have invited every national black organization to join the Billion Dollar Challenge. The Delta Sigma Theta sorority has accepted this challenge, and it's simply this. By the end of 2020, we are attempting at the Defree Financial Freedom Movement to help 100,000 African Americans pay off $10,000 in consumer debt. If 100,000 African Americans can do like the Delta Sigma Theta chapter in Las Vegas, Nevada, that has paid off in one year $400,000 in debt, we can shift the money that we were paying to Visa and MasterCard and Macy's and TMAC into insurance products, real estate, savings for emergencies. That's the billion-dollar challenge. I have been an activist all of my life, and I have concluded that there is no greater cause than that cause that invites our people to take control of what we have because. If you don't use what you have, then you don't deserve what's coming. The Billion Dollar Challenge is at the website BillionDollarPayDown.com. It's simple, it's easy to use, and it's absolutely free and confidential. And so my challenge to you is to accept the Billion Dollar Challenge. Pay down your debt, increase your savings and launch your journey
2: into financial freedom. This episode of the Defree in the Black podcast is brought to you by our friends at Prudential.
1: Welcome to Defree's in the Black podcast. I'm your host, Tamika Stenbridge, Executive Director of Defree Global Foundation, and I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Soares. How are you, sir? Well, I'm well, and I'm so
0: excited because, well, I'm excited, first of all, because I'm old, and when you're old, you just get excited when you wake up. And realize we're still here.
1: <laughs> when you're young with COVID, you st- you wake up and be thankful you're still here. So I, I
0: get it a little bit. But I'm excited because I'm beginning to feel like our team is gelling, not just the team in the office, but I mean, our national team is gelling and we are positioning ourselves with the help of some very important people to make the kind of impact we want to make. Uh, the Lord knows that uh, COVID-19 has exacerbated every challenge we have as Black people and has found every weakness, whether it be healthcare, education, finance, every weakness we have, and we've been working hard to be in a position to serve people online with virtual events. Uh, we've been connecting the dots and finding talented people to work with us. And um, today is no different. Uh, you know, the person on our web, on our, not webinar, our podcast, today is one of my favorite people in the world. She was with us way back when DFree started.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In fact, she put together the first D-Free website and um, worked with us. And then she tried to abandon ship and move to Europe. Uh, but I found her. <laughs> I found her hiding in Copenhagen. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and she's doing a marvelous job. And she's helping me with some projects. So I want you to um, welcome back to the team. Yes. And to the theme, Sister Sinai Williams. Sinai I want will a
1: drum roll. Go.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Happy welcome,
0: to be here. what you're doing.
2: What I'm doing. So I am running a consultant agency, basically and we work with um, we work with entrepreneurs that are offline that really aren't doing anything online to help them come from offline to online and really create new money online by reaching new people so essentially we help them create products create courses and launch online to get in front of new people
1: you are the CEO partner. I remember when you like launched this business and you literally are a global boss and a global brand and and have grown into this. Tell us a little bit of backstory though. How did you get to be, I mean, you are a CEO now, but you're the CEO partner. What was your journey like? To Yeah,
2: this? I feel like, so I started in 2011 and it feels like it was just like not that long ago. Well, my background is in business process management in the corporate finance world. So I started doing, I did project management for at and I did some building tech systems, brokerage IT systems at like E-Trade and TD Ameritrade. And from there, I kind of got to a point where I realized like I was traveling every week, um, going from Omaha. At that point in time, TD Ameritrade had corporate offices in Omaha and I was working in Jersey city and I was traveling like two hours a day, one way to get to work from Somerset to Jersey city and then two hours back and then just working all the time and then traveling between there. And I realized that one day, whenever I wanted to have kids, I did want to see them and be home. And I just couldn't see how I could live that life and still work the corporate job that I was working. So, I got to a point where I was just searching online, trying to figure out what I could do with the things that I knew. And I went to this networking event and met this business coach. And I did a small program with her. And she kind of helped me figure out that a lot of the companies that she was working with and people she knew, they didn't really have their processes together. They really didn't have their systems in place or streamlined for how they run their business. So, every time they would do something in their business, it was a new experience every single time. And what I realized is one thing that worked in corporate that I knew well and that I did every day is we created systems. We documented the step-by-step procedures of how operations work, how customer service delivered their experience, all of that. And then we build uh, automated tools to kind of support in the areas that like a human couldn't do it or ways that you know, technology could do it better. Um, so I kind of started to take that to entrepreneurs and kind of take out the way that they deliver their products, the way that they deliver their services or even selling, and just document the processes so that they can deliver better experiences to their clients. And that's yeah, how I you
0: A couple of years ago, I put together an online course called How to Become a Paid Corporate Director. And I did that course in response to the many people who were asking me how I was able to be on, six, at that time, six, now seven corporate boards that pay. And because I'm so focused on D3 and, and helping people with finances, I didn't have a lot of time to spend on that. So I just took the time, did the course, put it online. Now, fast forward two years later in the post-George Floyd era with uh, social protests happening, many, many, many corporations are looking to diversify their boards and there are many uh, Black people who would like to be on boards. And so I decided that it was time to kind of update and upgrade and dust off the course and make it available. And so sonia's company is managing that entire process.
1: I love it. It's such a full circle moment. I remember Janaya and I laboring over D free projects back in the day and to now see your business grow, it's just extremely um, encouraging. And, and I think, you know, the work that you're doing, I remember you talking about it and you were very process oriented. You're very pragmatic um, and building out your business. What was it like? So I've watched from the very beginning to now, you know, having super high profile clients and, and major earners. What was that growth trajectory like from an entrepreneurship perspective?
2: It definitely wasn't easy. <laughs> like you have your your ups and downs and all of the good and the bad with it. Um I feel like when I was in the US, I was doing really well, um growing the business cuz I grew it based off of relationships and all my clients came from referral, so I never really had to do any like put a lot of advertising dollars behind anything I did. I just maintained the relationships I had and I would go back to past clients and go to networking events and meet people. For me, what what changed is when I moved from the U S to Europe, that changed because I couldn't maintain those same relationships the way that I, the way that I did. Um, so it all turned to virtual. Uh, and so that kind of, Went like took a dip. My business took a dip then. But then at the same time I was pregnant. So I took a step back from business and I was still doing it. I had like I was probably working 20 to 30 hours a week and we were in London. I had a baby and, you know, I was still doing business. It wasn't easy. But then we moved again right when I felt like I was getting business together, I was getting relationships again, and it was all coming together. We moved to another country. And what I've realized is Europeans buy very differently than Americans. It takes a longer cycle for them to really trust you to say yes. And I feel like I finally figured out how to crack that. And so now we're, we're growing and we have probably about seven clients in Europe. So like between Copenhagen, London, and Ireland. And that journey, just to figure that out, like it was, it took a lot of testing, a lot of uh, conversations, a lot of relationships to figure out how to get those European clients. But that journey from just the U.S. to Europe was, it was a long learning lesson.
0: Yeah, that that is a challenge. You know, this whole idea of the globe being Mm -hmm. our workplace and our market Mm -hmm. is uh in one sense, it's intimidating, but in another sense, it's unavoidable because, the, you know, the world is flat. We were told that some time ago. Technology has made it possible. But I mean, little things like time changes, you know, yeah. I mean, when, when Tania and I are working together, Tameka, uh, you know, 6 a.m. for me is... Lunchtime for her.
1: <laughs> yeah, so she's in the throes of it. You just you're bright out of what she tells. He's like, I'm ready to take a nap. These girls are on my nerves in the middle of all this. <laughs> no, he just wakes up and he's got
2: a ton of emails and
1: everything's like
2: waiting for you.
0: <laughs> right, right. Every day, every day.
1: Um, I think
2: that's
0: beautiful. It is. It is. So now, being black in Europe is that an asset? Is it liability? Is it neutral?
2: Um, it's interesting. So, I felt like in London it didn't feel any different. It, it was probably more of an asset. You got into different communities, you, you know, there was all different types of networking events and things like that to attend to. So, I feel like in London it was a it was okay. In Copenhagen it's kind of different because there's not that many of us here. Um, a lot of people know, like it's kind of like you know every black person in Copenhagen because it's a very small city. And every one of us probably goes to the same networking events. So it's probably an asset as well in Copenhagen because it's a small community. You know everyone. I've been able to network and like teach at the business school and the business house and do different things like that. So it's it's helped. And yeah, I I don't.
1: Yeah, it's been good. What's interesting is you have a little bit of an accent now. Uh, Do I? I hear it. Do I? Yes. Can we go have a spot of tea at some point? (laughs) I don't (laughs) hear it. Very sophisticated, right? Yes. I mean, not that you weren't before, but I think, you know, watching, you know, your experience going from here to there, going from being single, working in corporate America, being here in the States to now being a global wife, mom, boss is really, um, it's just a testament, a testament to who you are, and extremely encouraging for other um, Black women to hear about um, and talk. And then also hearing now your full circle moment coming back to work with Dr. Sories on um, on his projects. What has been one of the most eye opening things about this entire kind of I'm going to call it the transition path that you've been on over the last I would say five or six years? Has it been that long? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs>
2: I had to have been because my daughter's four now and I left two years before before her. Yeah, so it's about been about
1: that long. Yeah. What's been the most eye-opening part of the experience? So I, for
2: me, I feel like when you're in it, you just, you're going, 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 and you never really stop to assess like what has happened, what's worked, what's not worked. And for me, when I hear Dr. Sorry say, Oh, you've grown, or or he'll introduce me and say all the things that we've done, and I was like, we did all that. You don't ever stop to just say, oh wow, you, you're not doing so bad. <laughs> like I'm very hard on myself, and I think one of the things I've learned over the past couple years is um, you just have to one keep going. Like especially now in these times, like I have to be grateful for the fact that I have a business that I can work from home. I can still take time to be with my kids, and I still have clients, especially now in a pandemic, Um, and we're growing. So I think for me, just looking back from five years ago to see where I've been and what has happened over those five years, how I've grown as a person, as a business, as a wife, as a mom, Um, I mean, we were on lockdown in Copenhagen for probably only six weeks. I say only because, I mean, the rest of the world, a lot of people are still on lockdown. <laughs> yeah, exactly, but I'm grateful that my girls are still in school. We still have somewhat of a normal life, um, and just even looking back six weeks on how I dealt with them being home, everybody being home, and still like trying to keep them from not sitting in front of the TV, but still having to work. My husband having to work, and us just having to manage that. Like, I mean, I felt like we as a couple grew throughout that time as well. So yeah, I think for me, just looking back and just taking taking a step and saying, oh, you know, a lot has changed. There's been some struggle, but you've I've grown as a person. Um, and then I think another thing for me throughout that time is one thing that I've learned from being single to being a mom. One of the hugest struggles for me was having boundaries into play. Like for like right now for us, it's ten o'clock, and I'd usually be practically probably sleeping by now. So I use, I like have some strong boundaries in place where it's like, I work during this time. I spend time with my kids from like, I think 3 p.m. my time to seven, which is like 9 a.m. Eastern. So like a lot of my clients, Eastern time, when they're starting, I'm wrapping up my day. And so I've had to learn to balance that and not feel guilty when I'm getting emails, or I'm getting Slack messages during that off time for me. Um, so yeah, managing the guilt, managing the boundaries and just really just looking back and kind of not being hard on myself for what has worked, but also what hasn't worked over the time. Wow. And
0: where, where's your company going? Are you attempting to go deep, meaning to do much, much more of the same, or are you attempting to go wide, meaning expanding on the services that you offer?
2: So it's interesting you asked. We are actually planning to go more niche. And I'm actually in the process of hiring two people, two full-time people. So I think that's company-wise for me, that's huge because this is the first, Uh next year will be the first time I'm stepping into actually full-time employee instead of using independent contractors and freelancers. Um, But we're planning on niching down and targeting um, companies that are Really looking to have systems and processes in place because I know for a fact that once you streamline how you work and once you get those processes in place for fulfillment for how you're delivering and selling your business can take off. And I've got some case studies, and so we're going to be using that to grow. And we're niching down in that area, in that particular thing, um, because that's that's one thing that as a team that we're good at.
1: That's great. That's so I'm going to ask, um, a, a free selfish question. Um, from, from the outside looking in, having been a part of the early, very, very early parts of D free. In fact, Sanaya, I think built one of the first D free websites right. for us years and years ago. Um, what have you, what does D free look like from, from then till now, from the outside looking in?
2: I feel from the outside D free looks like it's, Uh, It's definitely a big movement in terms of the, it's still to me, the financial freedom, like the places go when you're looking for financial freedom, we're looking for that support. And I feel like on the outside, you offer a ton of resources to help all different types of levels. So like the churches, the students, adults, like I feel, I know for me, when I was um, buying my house, I was like. De-free. I'm so glad I can say I'm debt-free and can buy a house right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I feel at that age, at targeting like those people at that at that age, I forget what, like, I think it's like 30, 25, 30, 35 mm-hmm. around there, that age gap is a huge thing for people. Um, and then in the time frame now, it's especially good because a good service to offer because there's so many people that are, one, unemployed or trying to figure out how to better their financial situation because they don't know what's going to happen in terms of their income. I feel like there's definitely opportunity there for preparing people, but I definitely still see from the outside that free is that financial resource to help you get debt free. I
1: didn't ask for a commercial, but I appreciate the (laughs) insight. No, that's good. Like I really, you know, we, it's, um, it's always good to hear what other people see and I value your your opinion, your experience. Um means a lot. And I'm just incredibly proud and, and happy to hear from you and to to hear that things are going extremely well. I see it online, um, so I know that it's moving, but this has been um really a treat on a Friday. So now, how do people find you? How do people connect
0: with you? There may be other people that need your services. Tell us where you are online, via email, or wherever.
2: Yeah. So I'm on at the theceopartner.com. And my handle's on all social media is The CEO Partner. And then my personal handle is also sonia Williams. So S-O-N-A-Y-A Williams. And yeah, you can reach me there on everything. Instagram, Facebook, either The CEO Partner or sonia Williams.
0: Got it. Okay. Well, Sanaya, I'm so proud of you. Uh, Tamika, I used Sanaya's work product today as an example for one of my staff teams to show them the kind of excellence I'm looking for and the kind of communications that I need. And they were all very impressed. And it was just kind of a byproduct of her being a part of the project that we're working on. And so, tonight so we'll be calling on you. We'll be referring people to you. And we'll be hopefully expanding your role in much of our work because we need all the help we can get.
2: I look forward to it. Thank you
1: very much. Absolutely. Great. Good night. Thank what you so bed. much. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the In the Black Podcast. We are signing off. Thank you so much for listening. All right. Take care.
2: Have your traditional D free in-person classes been interrupted by COVID-19? Use our free online D-Free Academy to pick up where you left off and progress on your journey to financial freedom. Once you register for the D-Free Academy, skip
1: to where you left off or, if you're new here, start from step one. Get started today at mydfree.org.